ladies and gentlemen, we are back after our hiatus. We are uh, coming to you guys live from the UI podcast room, and we're going to be talking all things Las Aguilas del America. We're going to be giving you guys an insight on what happened against Cruz Azul in that five to two terrible mm-hmm. loss, and then we're going to be talking about all things America versus Necaxa for this upcoming weekend. All things Las Aguilas in America, and yes, I know, unfortunately, we are podcasting during the Selección Mexicana, but we will maybe mention them here and there, as we do have a couple of uh, people who are playing in that uh, in, in that roster. Not in this game, of course, none of them are featuring, but uh, yeah. Without further ado, Christian, you ready to get back into this? Yes. Alrighty, now for those of you asking for our beloved cowboy, uh, he unfortunately hasn't been able to make it again. Uh, this time, actually, he's stuck in traffic. He's out at uh, Miami filming, I don't know, some sort of commercial video. Said so he's stuck in traffic. Unfortunately, we'll be making it to his hotel in time for him to be back on the show. But we'll uh, we'll see about uh, we'll see about, about Dylan coming on soon. Hopefully, he gets his uh, act together and finally gets it gets going on here. Yeah, yeah, man. We all miss our beloved cowboy Dan, and you know he's the one that drives the ratings up. So hopefully, he comes back on soon. He definitely right. He definitely does drive these ratings. <laughs> definitely, definitely does. Alrighty then. Well, let's jump into what America Cruz Azul was the Clásico Joven. I think me, you, and every other Americanista came into this game absolutely uh, confident that America was going to give us at least a result. Mm-hmm. Uh, a draw would have been maybe sufficed and not acceptable, but maybe sufficed. Um, but at the end of the day, we didn't even get a draw nor a win that we all predicted. Um, right. <clears throat> but we got ourselves a, a, a butt whooping. Yeah, it was a um... literal butt whooping. Christian, mm-hmm. game ends 5-3, 5 5-2, excuse me. W- what are your thoughts? Wow. Um, you know, obviously after you win this, a game like that, you're just, you know, filled with a rollercoaster of emotions. It's, um... So a lot of a lot of things went wrong for us. Like this is one of those games where if everything had to go wrong, everything went wrong. And you know, it it the the worst part about it is that you know we we kind of had that game in our hands too, and we just gave it to them. Like it was it was very weird how everything just shifted after that red card, and obviously that was the turning point, the red card. But prior to that, that you kind of saw America just start you know taking control of the game and playing it the way they wanted it to be played and then just like that we're down 4-2 and it's um yeah it's pretty hard to come back from that especially when you're down a man yeah you, you know I, I think you put it right it was a roller coaster of emotions for everyone i think you go into this game your your hopes are high you're thinking okay we just came off a great win against the clasico now we're going into a classical Holborn. We know that we're the favorites. And now all of a sudden, you know, you, you see the end result and you think, well, what went wrong? What happened? And it's something that I mentioned in the previous podcast to this uh, when we were previewing this Cruz Azul game is how much does this win against Shiba's actually affect the team? How much of a cloud nine, uh, you know, feeling does does this kind of play on against the team, you know? Right. And and I think we it showed it, uh, you know. I think you, mm-hmm. the team goes down, but does well to respond. Gets themselves two quick goals. Now you're in front. Now you have control of the game. Now you, again, you're back on cloud nine. You're like, yeah, we had a bit of a slip up, but look, we're back at it. We're getting it. And you think from that point on, America just needs to do the one thing that they haven't really regularly done this whole season, and that's keep the lead. 
How many times have we sat on this podcast and talked about how America had the game under their control, but let it slip because they weren't just capable of controlling or managing the game? Yeah, it's been a few times, and it's, you know, moments like this that really separate us from being, you know, just a regular team and a championship contender team. And right now, we are far from that championship contender team unless we learn how to fix these mistakes. And, you know, we're running out of games. There's only five games left. Definitely, definitely. All right, so let's let's talk about this game from from a, chrono- a chronological order. Uh, okay. So it's, it's first half. Uh, America actually has the first, very first best chance, mm-hmm. which is a corner kick in which Bruno Valdez gets a header, and it goes just wide of Corona's uh, Corona's goal, and and it makes you wonder. I mean, how many times have we seen Bruno put that into the back of the net? Right. Um, right. It makes you wonder if that goes in. Does the dynamic of this game change? How does things look for America at that point? It's an early goal. Uh, I mean, you would imagine that would have done something, right? No, of course. You know, any any goal at you know at the three minute mark or less just changes everything. It throws out their game plan completely, so they have to adapt. So of course, it puts it into our advantage. But unfortunately, that just wasn't the case. Yeah, it definitely was not. But then you thought, okay, this is exactly the start you wanted from this team, right? Aggressive, going mm-hmm. for it, trying to get the win. Uh, early and and you thought okay this is definitely what you wanted to see and then unfortunately America then you know concedes a corner they get scored on and you think right what went wrong what happened and you know this is this begins the whole the whole debate on Twitter um you know whose fault was it was it Bruno's fault was it Ochoa's fault you know I really really wanted to get your two cents on this one because um you were not fighting very everyone happy. on Twitter you were not <laughs> very happy at the end of this game when the majority of the America fan base put this blame on Guillermo Ochoa not just for that goal but they most likely for you know three of the five goals that were scored but you know, you want to talk your two cents now. Or we can go later because you know no, we'll I think it's gonna be. I'll, I'll, I'll give my two cents later, and this is kind of okay. one of the good things too as to why maybe it was a good thing that we took a week off because I think we would have <laughs> came in the week the the following couple of days. I think we've been low, still hot headed. You know, our oh. mind wouldn't have been in the right place. I think we've taken the time to take a step back, analyze this game for what it was, take maybe some of that emotion away from it, and keep all the kind of the the critical and analytical stuff together. Without getting too much cloudness, uh, you know, from from our emo- um, emotions and judgments, but yeah, you know that that that's that goal definitely, you know, is gonna kickstart a lot of things going wrong for America, um, and a lot of tension is gonna be created uh, in the fan base because of this goal. But then you think, okay, America can somehow maybe you know undo all of that if they get themselves a goal, which they do. You know, right. and, and it's one of the things that we've kind of highlighted about this team is how do they respond to going down? And mostly for the for the majority of the times that we do talk about it is that, that it's a good indication that they know that they need to go and step it up. And they did. They did. Mm-hmm. They got themselves a goal. And then right after that, they, they were able to score another one. Correct. <clears throat> and now you think 2-1, and that's how they go into the first half, right? 2-1. By the way, I just want to say both golazos by Gida and Henry. Tremendous. Absolute golazos. Absolute golazos. Outside the Wait, 18, continue. both of them, right? Beautiful, yes. So, I mean, it just goes to show you what we have in our locker, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So those those two goals happen. You go, in into, the ha- you go into the end of the half 2-1. Mm-hmm. You now. You have to control this game from this point on forward, right? This is your Correct. game. Don't let it slip. Manage it correctly. 
and right, a lot I, of things wait, hold on, went be- wrong. Right, before you touch on, I think, the most, you know, exciting moment of the match, uh, Piojo does something. That's what I was going the... Oh, okay, okay, continue yeah. then, sorry. No, 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 because then you think, okay, you just manage that game, right? Right. You think, okay. Then you come into the second half, and you hear that Piojo's made a substitution. It's Sanchez for Vargas, and right. the reason being is because he wants to avoid a red card for Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Now in your head you're thinking, okay, <laughs> that makes no sense. You don't see Sanchez as kind of this dirty player, and he's right. been in these situations before where he's had a yellow card early in the game. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why Piojo didn't put enough faith or trust in him. Um, right. But I think this game would have completely been different if you have a player like, uh, um, not 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 Vargas, but um, Sanchez Jorge. out on the pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Georgia would have give you a little bit more. Uh, than what Vargas was providing. Um, oh, and I think you kind of disrupt a little bit of the chemistry of this team. Right? Oh, you do. Of course. Yeah, and that's something we've been talking about all season long, that chemistry. This team needs to start building chemistry between that back four. And, you know, you're you're up 2-1 in a classical and you make a, a substitution like that. It just, like you said, it, it disrupts the flow, it disrupts the chemistry. And from, uh, from my point of view, it was unnecessary because, like you said, Jorge's been... You know, in the situation before, he's been you know in a situation where he is he's um he's on a yellow card caution and needs to play out the match. You know, and you know more often than none, you know it turns out positive in our favor. So I don't know. It was just a weird substitution, unnecessary substitution in my opinion as well. And that was just a bad, bad, uh, bad uh, move by Biojo in my in my opinion. Yeah, it definitely, definitely, definitely was. But you think okay. America should still have more than enough to get this game going, to get this game out the way and con- right. completely, con- you know, control it. Mm-hmm. And they did for the most part. They did until Roger Martinez goes and ridiculously, and let's put it in, in plain context for what it was, stupidly goes out and elbows the Cruz Azul player, going up for a header in mm-hmm. in a challenge he did not have to make in the middle of the pitch where there was no threat whatsoever. And he ends up getting the red card. And again, Rogers' mistakes again cost the team dearly. Let's, yep. let's 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 put it. I think this game turns on its head as soon as Roger gets that red card because minutes after Cruz Azul then goes and scores the, the right. equalizer, right? Mm-hmm. And you thought you had this game in in the bag, two one up, eleven men. You were clearly the better team, you know. Mm-hmm. And then. Yeah, man happen you know that that red card happens and then you see the same things that happened against um against tigres in in the league's cup you know yeah where where these dumb silly mistakes cost you completely it's just i don't know man it's so weird especially right getting that red card because you know in the in the press conference leading up to the match you know it was Roger Martinez and Ibarguin giving giving the presser and you know you hear Roger talking saying you know I'm happy here um, I'm content, you know, all the transfer rumors, you know, they're all fake, you know, I never asked to leave, you know, my 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 mind and my determination and my focus is all on Club America and becoming champion. So you hear him say that and then you think to yourself, okay, you know what, this guy really is about the team, right? This guy does really want to be the difference maker, the playmaker, the one that leads us to victory. And then he does a stupid thing like that. It just makes you wonder, like, what what's really going through his mind? Because, like you said, it's not the first time he's done this. Yeah, and let's face it, Roger has every capability of becoming this fantastic player. 
But if he has that mindset and if he has that mentality to make those stupid mistakes in these games, he's never going to go far. Right. Whether it's here in America or in, in, in Europe, and especially in Europe, you can't be losing your head like that. You really think a team's going to look at you with, with, with that kind of, you know, rage and temper that you have and think, yeah, this guy's the, the, the player we want to spend millions on to, yeah. to bolster mm-hmm. our attack? It's yeah. just not worth it, in my opinion. If I yeah. were a team, you know. He's definitely owner. not helping his market value by doing no, those things. No, of course things. not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you no, know? he's he's just hurting he's hurting his team, and he's most importantly he's hurting himself. So you know, you know, stupid stupid things like that are not going to get this guy very far. And, and like a shame because, like you said, he's he has a boatload of talent. You know, we've seen it uh, time and time again. It's just that weak mentality that he has is you know keeping him from from growing. Definitely, and for those for kids listening to this right now, discipline. So one of the most important things in soccer you can have 100%. is discipline. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, you can have as much talent and skill, but if you don't have discipline, you will not go very far. At right, all. that is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so it's just it's it's unfortunate. I know that everyone's calling for Roger to be you know sold or I don't know like just completely axed from the team. Um, right, I don't see that happening, but I you mm-hmm. know I, I I would also want him. To face some sort of punishment, um, yeah. Besides just just the band, I I think the team Biojo needs to sit down and talk to him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the 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 staff really needs to sit down with him and, and try to figure this out because it, it can't it can't it, this has to be the last time Roger does something like this. It has to be. Mm-hmm. When you're so. in the closing stages of a tournament, and you know, you need your squad to be 100 percent focused, and with a player like that with that mentality, it's just not it doesn't it's not a, not a good sign. It's not. It's not, and you know it's unfortunate because we were starting to see the best of Roger. And, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know now he's 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 dug a hole a hole for himself, and um you know I think it's fair to say I don't think I, I think he's lost his starting position because of that. I mean, <clears throat> it's definitely going to be a, a chance to get it back, but you know like you say he just uh, dug him dug himself into a hole and now it's it's his um it's up to him to to dig himself back up and you know fight for that position again. Should be interesting to see what happens. But, yeah, Rogers' uh, uh, dumb red card causes America to kind of just completely lose focus. And I think it's just um, – I, I think it's just – it's just the the, the 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 turning point that Cruz Azul needed and capitalized on. And it just – America completely broke from there. They, they did not have no answers. None of the players had any answers on the pitch. Bioko certainly didn't have any answers on the sidelines. I – I mean, it, it was just a completely, complete nightmare for America. I, I haven't seen a terrible game like that in forever. Um, and it was just mistake after mistake from the midfield to the defense to the attackers to everywhere. Mm-hmm. It, it was yeah, no. completely, completely everywhere. Um, terrible. So, I mean, it, it's just... I mean, why why go back and relive all, all those goals, right? But it's just... America did not do enough, right? And And... You know, some of the players came out and said, you know, we kept fighting. That's why they kept scoring on us. But, I mean, did you recall a chance where you were like, oh, America just, if they would have scored that one, things would have changed differently? I mean, I think, probably if I'm wrong, I think there was one play, I think when it was 4-2, to and I think a cross came into Henry Martin, and instead of, because he had all the time in the world to stop it and then shoot, but he did it one time and it went very wide. But he was literally wide open. He had time. He had time to control it. I, I, I know it's been it's been a couple of weeks, but there 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 was this one play. I 
maybe that someone in the chat can can kind of you know refresh Ivan's memory. You know, Henry was in around the penalty spot area. He got he he looked at the ball and he tried to tried to do a a scissor kick one time when in reality he had all the time in the world to stop it and get a really good shot in and that could have made a fourteen. Then it's four three with with what maybe twenty minutes left. You don't know what can happen after that. Yeah, that's true. That that's that's that's. But that's but that's probably the only that's probably the only only chance that we had though. Yeah. Because like you said, you know, Caruso just kept dominating, dominating, kept going forward, and eventually the fifth came, and then well, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and then I I, I think you really have to look at this defense, in in this game, and think. One, it's it's the same thing we've been saying not not just this season, but a whole year, in the making. Even when we were champions, is that this defense does not give you confidence. This defense right. is bound to make mistakes, and this defense leaks goals. It's a proven. It's a given. And mm-hmm. a lot of people were saying, a lot of people called us a bit harsh because yeah. we're like, you're the best defense. You're not. It's like, well, you know, some of that you have to give credit to the goalkeeper. Some of that you have to give credit to just pure luck. Some of those chances that some of these uh, some of these teams miss were just like, you got lucky. You know, yeah, you, you got mm-hmm. lucky, and and the defense can walk away with their heads held high, but you got lucky at the end of the day. And now the luck's running out for that back line, and it's starting to look like, well, it doesn't look like you're the, these top quality defenders like Piojo once raved about, saying he has the two best defenders in the league. When Correct. clearly you don't even have the best back four in the league, mm-hmm. right? Because you, you yeah. haven't found consistency back there. You haven't found anything that really works, you keep rotating and, and it just keeps showcasing in the back and we keep leaking goals and it's going to go back to what, you know, my two cents that you want me to give later on in regards to the goalkeeper right. department. It's mm-hmm. just, it, it's, it's just a train wreck back there. And yeah. you need to figure that out first before you can start thinking any further into the, in, into the season. Correct. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's unbelievable, and I think I think we're kind of done with the game. You know, yeah, five two. We we got we got hammered. That's that's the reality, and you know now now start all the all the after match conversations. You know, and I'll start it with this because I I do want to get your opinion on this too. So, with with how America has been doing this like past month or so, you know the result of be getting all the draws. You know, and then now this, and his and Piojo's inability. Uh, to to notice a, a you know a leak in the defense to notice that there's something wrong, you know he he isn't capable capable enough of trying to change something or inserting a player that we all want to see who we think that can make a difference hasn't even given him a chance. You know, with all this adding up, do you think there's enough fuel to start a Fuera Piojo if America is not champion at the end of the season? No, well from the fans, yes. From the board, from the board of directors. Board no, no. no okay. The board will, the board will back him up. The board will give him the 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 full year. And when I mean full okay. year, I mean the full sports year from the start of the 2019 season all the way to the end of 2020. Um, okay. He has that. He's earned that in in their eyes. And granted, I I think he has merited okay. that time. Um, I just think you have to look at certain circumstances and think, okay at the end of the year, look back and be realistic as, okay, you had an X amount of time without a certain amount of players. Yes, we didn't back you up with most of the transfers that you needed. You pieced it all together with what you had, and you got an X result, right? That's I think that's what Correct. the board's going to be looking at at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. 
the fans won't. The fans will want the his head. Won't. The fans are right. wanting his head already, but after this game, granted, mm-hmm. that's fine. That's understandable. That's what the fan base is, and that's kind of the right. you know the, the 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 fact of you you coaching for America is you know you're on top of the world one day and you know one bad game and you're you're, you're wanted out by everyone. But um, the reality of it is that <laughs> I think Piojo has until the end of 2020, mm-hmm. and, and and that's okay with him, but. I mean, but don't you think his job gets a little bit more difficult now that he won't be here for four games? Yes, or and three we have to talk about, about that games? too because it's, 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 it's a bit ridiculous that he has he gets a four man uh, four ban suspension because of his comments after the game about the referees. But um, yeah, I, I mean we've seen it before. Whenever he he whenever he gets out of this, uh, whenever he's not on the bench, things aren't always the same for America. We, sometimes right. the team struggles. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. One of the biggest uh, attributes he has to his coaching uh, uh, abilities and skills is the fact that he is a motivator. He is the one to get you riled up. And when you see your coach fighting and yelling for you on the sidelines, you've seen you've played Christian before. You, anyone that's ever played, and you know you see that their coach is, is hyping them up and is and, and is willing to you know get in front of the referee's face and yell at you know at your benefit and. That that gives you a motive, an extra motivational factor. Mm-hmm. So I think him not being there to show that energy, to show that passion, to get their, his players riled up, I think that's definitely going to be um, that's definitely going to be a negative towards this <coughs> team in the right. upcoming four games. Because let's face it, when we look at Benjamin Galindo, you don't think he's like oh, <laughs> he's not the most riled up guy, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's going to so be very interesting, but that you is know, gonna be I, a, a big factor. Right, but you know he brought it upon himself though to get that three magic band. So that's why I'm also asking and raising the question that you know if America's not champion, you know, does does that factor into the board's decision to maybe you know think if, or look somewhere else? Yeah, yeah. If if he doesn't get a championship this year, it's definitely gonna be does he stay or does he go kind of situation at the end of the 2020. But oh, okay, but definitely but not if at he the end of 2019. It, but but look, let's face it. If he comes to December, it doesn't come out with a title. Mm-hmm. The board is definitely going to keep him on still, okay. because at the end, of, at the start of next year, you you don't only have just one competition; you have two competitions to walk away with. Correct. You have Champions Correct. League, and then you have the Clausura. If you Correct. walk away empty-handed in both of those situations, then the board is going to start looking at you and start thinking: Should we keep him? Should we go? And if you have no titles mm-hmm. to show for it, and you don't have the results to show for it either, then it's going to be thin ice for him. At but as the time is right now, he's walking fine. He's, uh, he's just got to get his okay. act up, and some of these players need to start, you know, acting up themselves. But um, no, you you, great, you you raise a great question, and I think a lot of okay. people will definitely attest to this question as well because I think a lot of people have mixed feelings about this. Yeah. Uh, because look, and a perfect example is that you know at this point in time, Chicken Little asks if Piojo leaves, who would be a new, good new coach? I mean, yeah, it's definitely a good question. I mean, I haven't really thought about it because, like Ivan said, I wasn't really on that kind of Fuera Piojo kind of train. So my mind wasn't all like, hmm, let's see who would be a good fit. So right now I don't really have an answer for that question. But um, but no, I agree with you, Ivan. And um, now I think it's time for the most anticipated uh, section of the podcast, your your two cents on the goalkeeping on uh, on the match versus Cruz Azul. All right. Actually, before we start this segment, I will say uh-huh. this though: me and Dylan's top <laughs> choice for uh, replacement is Ruben Roman Romano. We're just gonna yeah. throw that out yeah, there just and put uh, that out there. We just mm-hmm. want to see the world burn. 
Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, uh, my two cents on in regards to this goalkeeper situation. And we'll put this Cruz Azul game to bed and we'll talk about the Necaxa game. But, um, look, I was ready to fight everyone on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> that was literally, uh, he tweeted, he, he tweeted that out. So he said, I will fight anyone that says all the goals were Ochoa's fault. Um, no, as, uh, you, uh, those of you who know me, Christian, you know me very well, is that the, the goalkeeper department is a very, you know, special place, especially because I play it. Uh, you know, I've grown up watching this this goalkeeper my whole entire life. So when I looked up, someone I have looked up to because not just the way that he carries himself on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I maybe have a bit of a soft spot for Ochoa, and I definitely have a little bit of bias towards him. But um, I, I, I try to be as analytical as possible when it comes to these games and, and try to keep that fanboy aside. Um, and I'm looking at some of these goals that a lot of people are criticizing him for, and I'm thinking... How does another goalkeeper in this situation do any better than what Ochoa does? And I'm thinking it's hardly impossible. There's maybe, maybe two goals in a situation where maybe you put a Manuel Neuer in there and maybe he gets to it just because he's a little bit taller and he has a little bit more of a reach. But that's just it. Um, I, I think you look at the first goal, um, and it's a goal that I broke down a lot and I looked over a lot, and it was... A goal in which a lot of people are criticizing Memo because he did not come out for that ball. Mm-hmm. But the way I look at it is this ball is being whipped whipped into the box at a very, very fast pace movement. It's actually being whipped away from goal, not towards it. So if the ball is actually being bent in, then Ochoa has every right to come out for that ball because it's actually going towards his gloves at, rather than away from them. But since the ball is being whipped around in 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 the sense that it's away from him than towards him, then the best case scenario is your defender has a much better opportunity at getting to that ball because he's actually running towards the ball than actually away from it. You're running, you know, the ball's running away from you, not towards you. So mm-hmm. the ball actually lands just inside his 18, just inside his 18, just inside his six-yard box. In which I think if he tries to go and punch it, he actually gets caught. And I think he gets in a situation where then it would have definitely been his fault. I can see how people make the, the claim that it should be his ball. his ball Because it's this kind of stipulation that every ball inside the eight, the, the six-yard box is the goalkeeper's ball. Which I, I don't necessarily agree with. But it, it they do have a lot of merit and credit to that. But... I I think I think that first goal can be highly debatable whether it was Memo's fault or not. I'm leaning towards the latter that it wasn't, but I do I I I will definitely listen and and say okay, you know we'll we'll let bygones be bygones in that first goal. Understand a lot of people have this kind of stipulation on on goalkeepers as to why they should be getting every ball in inside that six yard box and okay. I'll, I'll I'll give that one to you guys, you know, if, if if that's the case. But then too, I mean, in those situations, your marking has to be good. Your marking has to be much better than what Bruno's marking was, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and and I think it's uh, I think it even rebounds is off of him actually a little bit. But uh, that's neither here nor there. But that first goal, goal happens and it's whatever. And then I'm trying to remember um, the second goal. Second goal was the another corner. Uh, uh, another another corner. Another kind of six yard box situation. Actually, that was not a six yard. Uh, it was more of a penalty spot situation. 
Um, the ball oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. In, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're and right. Mm-hmm. It, it, it has to cross a couple of bodies before it reaches to the to Cruz Azul's header. Uh, and that's, again, another marking mistake that I think happens. Um, you look at the replay and Memo, you know, he throws himself and, and he's on the line. And that's why he's on the line, because he's, he has a much better chance of reaching it if he stays on the line um, than maybe taking a couple steps forward. But he he... He actually, he's close to it. He's very close to it. Like I said, if if you put another goalkeeper like Emmanuel Neuer in there and he does the same thing that Memo does, maybe he gets to it. Maybe just because he has a much longer arm than him, but that's pretty much it. Right. Um, I think that one's another defender mistake. I don't, I don't blame Memo for that one at all whatsoever. Um, you know, I, I give a lot of fault at uh, at the defense right there because in in a, in a corner situation, you you gotta mark your man. You gotta mark it, and you have to win it. You have to be the first one to win it, um, and, and and it didn't happen. And if landed perfectly on Pablo Aguilar's head, head, and you, you, we know what he's capable of. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that was a situation in which I think Memo needed to come out for that ball. And uh, then we move on to the third goal. Uh the third goal was uh, Piojo's goal. Yes, Piojo's header. Piojo's that gets header, yeah. uh, kind of, a, a, in the words that our good friend Mr. Brian, uh, who's been on the pod, put it, he got chipped in a header situation. Um, that, that actually, that that uh, that's a good way of putting it, but that, that goal should have never happened because Carlos Vargas should have attacked that ball better to try to clear it. One, should have never let it bounce before it got to him. And two, should have went with his other leg instead of the one he would much prefer to. And he just lets it bounce and gets lost, uh, loses his man in, in the process. And then Piojo, you know, he he headed he it. He headed it. Yeah. He headers it quite well enough that it, uh, it, it, it gets past Ochoa. And the reason why it beats Ochoa is because in that movement, he's shifting, he's shuffling towards his near post. And that, and when the header comes in, he's getting caught wrong-footed because that's his natural movement right this is natural movement as a goalkeeper you're, sh- you're you're shifting and you're shuffling towards where the ball is going and so when the defend when when the opposite player kind of shoots it the other way you're kind of stuck in between two worlds and where you're kind of footing is already kind of entangled at that moment because they caught you at a moment where you're just shifting and it, it was a great header by him memo does his best to react to it Almost, almost gets a finger to it, but unfortunately, it gets past him. Um, at the fourth goal, I don't think he could have done anything about it. I don't think any goalkeeper would have done anything about it. I mean, it's just terrible. Fourth defending. and fifth, fourth and fifth are just terrible and defending. Then, terrible defending, and then the fifth goal, he comes <clears> out, he rushes out, and he blocks every angle except the only possible angle that you have at that point, which is to chip. And you know, Cabecita did it beautifully. So there's and let's face <clears> it, that was that was a very very good finish by Cabecita. That's a golazo. That's a golazo. And you gotta, you know, it is Tip what it is. Up. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I <clears throat> wow, that was a that was a great that was great that was great. I, I just love hearing your perspective on this because you know you know a lot of people just think it's it's easy to be a goalkeeper, you know. But you know when you're in the, in when you're in the situation, you know it's ten times different. So. It's yeah, good to have and, a goal, and that's what a, a goal, a goalkeeper that, perspective, you know. Yeah, and, and it's kind of one of those things where you have to do like, okay, it's not as easy as you guys think it is. Like, if it was so easy, you go out there and put yourself in goal, right? It's right. not. And mm-hmm. and and I will say this though, I, I agree that 
we don't have Memo 100% there. <coughs> Not even close. I don't think that we have a terrible goalkeeper either in this situation. I think it's just you got to give this guy time to balance everything out, you know? He, Marchesin wasn't perfect when he first arrived to America. He was exactly the same, literally exactly the same. A lot of people always forget that. Yeah, and uh, credit to our our, um, our colleague from Resaca America, uh, Josh, who... Um, who who put out a, a perfect tweet that anal- that analyzed this and said, look, Marchesini in his first games actually received more goals than what Ochoa has received in the same amount of games, right? So it's mm-hmm. a lot of people have this con this connotation that oh, Marchesini, you know, this hero, great because he was this fantastic, amazing goalkeeper within the past couple of years. But we kind of have this tendency to forget the the beginning because we're so focused on the glory part of everything. And it's the same thing with Memo. A lot of people remember Memo for the great, amazing saves, but I, I hardly ever hear anyone recall those moments in where some of these games that, you know, you go back and you see these great YouTube highlights of him. In some of these games, they got beaten three goals to something, two goals to something. Like, these are games in which they ended up losing as well, you know? And, and yeah. a lot of people will forget about that. And, and, and a lot of people won't talk about the big the the good saves you made this game because those won't matter because at the end of the day you lost this game mm-hmm. but roll the years two three years from now and if he wins a championship i bet you one of those cruz azul saves are going to be in those highlights yeah no 100 I mean, it's just you know just a question of time and just people's perspective uh, perspective on everything it also sucks that america hasn't been winning so i think just people just like try to find the scapegoat and you know and the goalkeeper is usually one of the best uh, exactly so you know i think you know, once the team starts, you know, winning again, I think all that would just, you know, kind of ease by, pass by. But, but, um, but yeah, no, that was a very good, very good take and an interesting perspective coming from you. Thank you, thank you. And that was a very good question of you to bring up too. Uh, I, I didn't, I wasn't thinking of bringing it up, but you brought it I up. I had so. to, man. I had to. I had, I had to. to. Pe- I had to do people need to get educated to the, to the people. Yeah. So it should be interesting to see. I mean, a lot of people have been saying that he needs to sit the bench. Um, I don't, I don't quite necessarily see that happening. Um, if you see the past couple of tweets, America has done nothing but tweet out Ochoa <laughs> at training. Um, I don't think he's gonna see the bench. I don't think he merits to see the bench. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens on Saturday. Interesting to see what you have on your predicted lineup. But uh, yeah, that was America Cruz Azul. A terrible game. Terrible, terrible performance by uh, America. Unfortunately, that means that we've not only dropped table, uh, dropped points in the table, but we also drop a little bit in the morale and everything. Yeah. We've lost uh, a player. We lost a coach. And it's just, it, it, I said that the Chivas game needed to be the catalyst to switch this America side on and give us the best part of this remaining season. And they still can do that with this game being a hiccup, but it's just, you need to see better from them. And it needs to be now. It can't be yep. two games from now. It can't be when Piojo's back on the bench. It's got to be right then, right now. Because at this point, everything matters. And finishing in those top three spots, that's that's definitely going to be uh, an important uh, an important factor. No, 100%. And, you know, when once we get down to, like, you know, three games, two games left, that's going to matter a lot because people, people, people forget that our bye week is the last week of the season. And while... You're, you have your place. You have all your points locked in. Other teams are still gaining points, and that could potentially drop you even more. So these games are becoming very crucial, especially with the table so, so, so tight. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. 
Um, so yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll call it as a as a mishap, and we'll uh, hopefully get to see a better better perspective of America coming this Saturday against Necaxa. And that's actually mm-hmm. where we're going to be shifting into our next segment to kind of wrap up everything in regards to Las Aguilas de la America. But before we do, before we jump to Necaxa, we have to address and we have to congratulate the team for making it to 103 years of existence in this world. So congratulations to our Aguilas de la America who are uh, on birthday mode this week and are celebrating their 103rd anniversary. 103 years of America, Christian, isn't that uh, isn't that something to behold? That's insane, honestly. And it's it was nice to see, you know, clubs around around the world actually kind of congratulate us. That and was, just... I thought, one of the best things. Uh, yeah, about, it just it just really shows you how very... how big this club is and how important this club is on the world stage. And you know, it was all around great vibes that day. And um, yeah, happy 103. Happy 103. But you know what frustrated me and got me so mad is that one uh we should have been celebrating that day at uh San Francisco playing against Sevilla at, uh, oh we should have yes that's something that completely got blown out of the water and two mm-hmm. it was a day in which the english account tweeted what one time i just think so say, i think it was just 103 happy. years flying yeah. with us yeah like come on dude that's what that's what really got me upset is because you have this uh, I, I think they're still the biggest uh, Liga Mekis English account in, in regards to followers. We, are. we are. They hardly tweet or anything, but it's just it's mm-hmm. it was a perfect day to do something to make this a big statement and to because right. you see these kind of interactions with all these other teams: Bayern Munich, Arsenal, Spurs. Uh, yeah, you know all these Liga Mekis teams. F- congratulating you on your hundred third anniversary. Could you imagine the kind of content that you could have produced in English? with all these other accounts on Twitter because you had a good connection with the Bayern Munich English account. Um, can you imagine, when it comes to English accounts and you think, what, what, what are the two funniest accounts? Well, one of them is definitely AS Roma and the other one is the Bayer Leverkusen. You could have oh, done something with those two accounts. No, I mean, yeah, it's I know. Just, it, it frustrates me because you see the potential and, and you see the, the community and the culture that right. deserves a platform which had one and and now it looks like they've completely been kind of dismissed at the moment. Yeah. And, and that's mm-hmm. the really frustrating, sad part about it is because it could have been definitely 103 years in which you could have addressed and given uh, a little bit more of a platform to, to some of these people that, you know, some of these, uh, you know, only speak English. And, and it's yeah, ridiculous. No. And, and, and it would have been nice. But still, putting that aside amazing 103 years uh give me your top three favorite moments in america history so far oh top three moments oh my goodness well i think the first one would obviously well just this just for me though um the first one would have to be when america won the chip in 2005 because that was like one of the first time i ever saw america uh be campeon um obviously the Cruz Azul matchup in 2013 the final will always be in my heart and actually this is a, a little weird one i don't know but people people seem to you know knock me for it, but it's all right though. Um, I the Tigres the Tigres title with Mohamed when we were when we won three 0 in the Azteca. Yeah. And then Miguel Royo had that amazing blistering goal. Mm-hmm. That goal will forever be my top one of my top three favorite goals ever. So that has to be my top three favorite moments as well. Nice top three favorite moments. Okay, my turn. Um, one that I wasn't alive for, but uh, every Americanista will talk to you about it if they lived it. Is the uh, yeah. final against uh, Chivas in the oh. in in the eighty okay. in the eighties? Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. final was completely 
it's something I still look back to in highlights and think this is unreal. Uh, you know, the the yeah. the matchup and everything. So that that's that's definitely on there. Uh, yeah, it's still the only final played between the two clubs. Yeah, and still the only ones to uh, lift that title. So, <clears throat> you know, you know. <laughs> Uh, and then um, I think I'm going uh, just like you in, in that route, the, the 2005 final, um, mm-hmm. a final that I remember kind of vaguely, but I remember watching it. I remember celebrating afterwards with my cousins going down and playing soccer and, you know, yeah, trying yeah. to emulate that final and everything. Uh, so right, that's right. definitely, definitely one of the one, one of the key moments. And then, of course, I... It's got to be the 2013 final, right? No, course, no yeah. other game, no other match has given you that roller coaster of emotion, um, mm-hmm. and I don't think you, we'd ever, ever live that in our lives again. Um, and it's something to kind of you know rejoice and, and, and be a part of. So yeah, 103 years of, of greatness, mm-hmm. and to cap it off, we just mentioned some couple of things that have happened in the past 10, 15 yeah. years. So uh, here's to here's to 103 more to come, and hopefully more than that you know yeah no you said it perfectly. definitely definitely so shout out to you america if you're listening to this anyone uh happy birthday to you guys yeah. and yep. uh thank you to you guys because without you guys we wouldn't be here would we so of course we'd be talking about veracruz and their situation oh no thank you <laughs> <laughs> all right then moving on to the last segment of the podcast it is america versus necaxa christian these two are going to be facing off against each other in uh, what should be hopefully a very good and entertaining matchup a necaxa side that uh well let's face it is wow. no laughing matter whatsoever the surprise one of the surprises of the season you who would have thought that you know 14 or not in or 13 or not in and necaxa is your super leader you know i don't think right. anyone would have guessed that completely completely been blown out of the water for this but this matchup is going to be on saturday uh october 19th it's going to be at 7 p.m pacific time 10 uh, 10 p.m eastern time 9 p.m central time and uh well what can we say about this game that hasn't been said already in these past couple of days uh the Gaxa looking looking like they could be the favorites for this matchup if uh, if if i'm not con- you know kidding myself on this one even though we are america and even though nine times out of ten we always come into these mm-hmm. matches as a favorite i think you're looking at a an ecaxa side that kind of thrives it's in a at playing at home mm-hmm. and uh they, they they definitely are on good run and form uh but doesn't mean that this game's impossible for america whatsoever it just means that america needs to dig deep and america really needs to come out and try to play a clean game and why when i mean clean i mean as little as to no mistakes as possible Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds very impossible at this point, but it, they really need a game like this. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. And I think it's very important that we we go out there, even though we're away, but we have to be the ones to set the pace, set the game plan. And you know what? Believe it or not, Nakaxa's biggest weakness is you know that defense department. So if we can find a way to squeeze an early goal early on in the match, obviously, um, then yeah, I think things things should be looking good for us. But you know, obviously. With how everything's been happening with America, you know, we can't get too excited for uh, a blistering start, but it's one that that we're hopeful for. No, yeah, definitely, definitely one that we're hopeful for. Um, and look, this matchup, as crazy as it's been for America, and this is something that we didn't touch upon, upon in the Cruz Azul game, but it's America's only second loss this whole season. This whole Correct. season, they've only lost Correct. two games. Mm-hmm. Two. That's the other three teams that are on top of them have lost at least three games. The mm-hmm. only thing that's been our kind of Achilles heel has been those draws. Right. But and looking at the table right now, you're not too far off. You win this I, game against Nakaxa, you 
you tie them on points. You exactly. could potentially potentially be second place. You know, I mean, if you have a blowout and and you can completely hammer them by seven goals, then you can definitely you know keep be the be the leader. But I I highly doubt we're gonna get that type of game for, for uh, yeah yeah highly doubt it too. But uh but, but yeah no we're we're right there man. It's just. Like you said, those draws, man, really been our Achilles heel. You know, I can think of three games, three three of those draws should have went our way, and things things just look very very different for us. But unfortunately, that's not where we are. We're we're here right now, and we just have to focus on you know putting on a good performance. Yeah, yeah. Well, talking about putting on a performance, how do you see this team coming out on Saturday? Well, like I said, I'm hoping for the blistering start, but you know, I I don't think we're gonna get it. I think we're gonna see. A lot of back and forth, unfortunately, in the in the opening opening minutes. Um, I think the team is gonna find a way to kind of kind of settle in the, the match after having you know a couple you know uh, I mean a few days off, and you know with the lineup that's gonna be completely you know mixed, especially going uh, attack and up. I mean midfield up. Um, there's gonna be a lot of players that haven't really played with each other this whole season, so I think it's it, it should be a little bit sloppy. But I think as time goes, I think we should be able to kind of find our groove and really get into the match okay alrighty well then if that's the case give me your predicted lineup okay so um, I have Ochoa in net uh, the usual back four Agui, uh, Aguilar Bruno Valdez Emmanuel Aguilera Jorge Sanchez and the midfield I have Guido Rodriguez and Richard Sanchez uh, on the wings I have Renato Ibarra on one side Sebastian Cordova on the other side in the camp spot I have Benedetti and I have Benedetti over Ibarguen because of Ibarguen's very very poor game against Cruz Azul so I just think it's time for you know a breath of fresh air Benedetti really needs uh, this is a game he needs to prove himself and I think he will so I have Benedetti in the can spot and Henry Martin up top because actually I'm a fan of Henry Martin this season the man's proving something that you know we most of us don't really count on him for to, uh, to be and that's consistent he's been scoring for us you know he's the one that's been putting it behind the net and we need more from that from him and I hope he continues his uh, this luck of form in this match Okay, so it is interesting because you spoke a little bit uh, before we aired and uh, we, we talked about, you know, what would this lineup look like, um, especially right. with the absence of Roger Martinez, whether mm-hmm. or not Benedetti is going to get some minutes. A lot of people are wanting to see Cordoba out wide. I right. personally do not like him out wide. Um, I, I think he plays his best roles in the midfield, mm-hmm. but it, it maybe is a position that we need him to fill at this moment. And, and that's the kind of the sucky thing about it is that this, t- this kid is so versatile that sometimes – um, you know, he's just a filler for some of these yeah. spots. Um, but granted, he could have a great game in, in, against Nakaksa, um, mm-hmm. but we have to wait and see. Uh, so, I mean, I completely agree with that lineup. I, I definitely see that happening. Um, I think it'd be a good moment to introduce Benedetti back into things. He just came back from playing with the Sub-23 uh, from Colombia. Um, you know, so he, he's, he's getting some minutes. He's getting some game rhythm. Um, I, I think it's the perfect moment to introduce him again and maybe it could be that final spark that we're yeah. that we're needing in 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 some of these matches. So yeah. I mean, I I completely see this happening. Um, and and you know, hopefully it could be a good performance from everyone that you just mentioned. Um, and and you know, like like we we keep saying on this podcast is America needs to go out, get themselves an early goal, manage the game from there. And that's the most difficult thing about this is that America has not been able to manage the games. They've been able to get the early goals, but they haven't been able to control the game, the tempo, the rhythm of things, and. Uh, 
I, I really want them to finally get something going. And but I just don't see that happening in this game, to be honest. Is yeah. a game in which I think Nakaxa is gonna try to come at us, play to our disadvantage to our disadvantages, which is definitely gonna be trying to press our defense for that mistake. Which mm-hmm. I think this is the moment where these defenders need to step up and the team as a whole needs to step up. Okay. And I think it's it's gonna be important who plays out on those wings because you're gonna use and abuse their speed a lot on the counter attack. And you can yep. bet any money that this game is definitely gonna be an, a counter attack game. Yeah, man, and you know th- that could play to our advantage, but like I said, it's up to the wingers to really, really have an impactful game, and I'm hopeful for it. And you know, like we've all been saying this throughout the whole podcast, this is a must-win match. No draws, no loss accepted. This has to be a three, all three points. If you know, we want to aspire to anything this season. Yeah, it definitely has to be a win-win situation for America, no matter what the situation is at hand. Um, but. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I, I think that America, if they're smart, um, they'll they'll try to possess as much as the ball as they can um, without being reckless. Um, I do see them sitting back a couple of times, but it's one of the things that we've kind of admired about this team is when they do sit back and they do hold f- their their positions. It's very hard for the opposition to actually break them down. It actually, does come to some of these defensive mistakes that actually cause the other team to maybe get a chance or two here. Um, but I think if they can solidify themselves on the pitch early enough and they can get comfortable with what Piojo wants them to play at, whether it's defending or, or attacking. As long as they hold their shape and as long as they don't give up too much of possession, I think this game could be hopefully a walk in the park for them. Hopefully. I mean, that's <laughs> that, that's what we want to kind of, you know, up up everything, up morale, up just the whole team chemistry, just team everything. So, you know, <clears throat> it'd, be nice to, it'd be nice to see that happen. It would definitely, definitely be nice. Uh, I mean, what can we expect from the Kaksa? Um, I mean, they've, like I said, they've been the surprise, one of the surprises of the team, the other one being Querétaro. Um, but I, I don't know, this team, this team is very, very offense orientated. They, they score goals. If I'm not mistaken, I think they are one of the best offenses in the league. So I think that should worry us a little bit only because of our, you know, problems in the back line. Um, you know, this team is very well composed, well structured, and, you know, they're, they're kind of, kind of team not nah, their their whole gameplay is kind of controlling the match and those little passes in the midfield and that just open up spaces and you know if they do that it's gonna be very hard to beat them but i think i'm very confident in our america to to kind of come out with the vengeance and you know prove to this whole league that you know we're still title contenders no yeah definitely definitely this, this definitely has to be the game to prove it um funny enough i'm looking at here and it looks like 30 30 percent 37 percent are going for Necaxa to win it. It's a 20, 29% chance that this game ends in a draw. America only has a 34% chance. Yeah, I mean... The winners here. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what the bookies say. I, I, You guys take it for however you want to take it like that, but those are the stats. Those are the numbers that uh, I'm being presented here, but it should be interesting. It should be a tight, close game. Yes. Um, which is um, interesting enough to see what is your prediction for Saturday? Um... I think I'm gonna go with uh, a two-one America. Two-one America. Two-one right. America. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm actually going one-nil America. One-nil America. Okay. I just uh, don't don't see a clean sheet happening. It's. I know. I know. But I need a clean sheet. I need yeah, it for I mean, for memo for the defense. For the team, I, I just need a clean sheet. And and it looks so difficult now that we talked about Nekaxa being one of the best offensive teams, especially at home. Um, 
but if this has got to be a game in which, you, like you said, Christian, it's it's got to be a game in where you step up and, and you showcase that you can be a title contender team. And what better way to prove it than to come into Nikox's house, walk away with all three points, and a shutout. I, yeah. I, I mean, it, that's got to be the situation at hand, right? I know that some people are a bit skeptical. Some people are going for a draw. Some people are worried some that Medica might lose this game. But, I, mm-hmm. I you know, I'm trying to be as optimistic and, and, and uh, kind of, you know, realistic at the same t- same time. And, and, I mean, I can see it happening. It won't be easy, but I can see it happening. And, and it's just all these – everything has to fall into place, you know? You know, an interesting stat about uh, Nekaxa, you know, take it how you want it, but – you know, most of their goals come from the 75th minute and onwards. So, so that's something to look out for. That's definitely something to look out for. You know, just when you think America has the game wrapped up, which we've seen before, they mm-hmm. have a result, and in the closing stages of the match, they somehow lose it. That is definitely something to look for, look out for. Definitely, definitely. So let us know what your guys' prediction is, and uh, hopefully it's the same one as ours with Omega getting all three points. But I think at the end of the day, three points are the most important things needed right now. So yes. we'll have to wait and see. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, uh, anything else to add on, Christian? No, that that that's gonna that's gonna do it. And um, you know, just hopeful for this match and hopeful we get the W because we really need it. Definitely, definitely. Well, that wraps up the show on a day where La Selección Mexicana is tying at the moment one-to-one with Panama at the time of recording this. Uh, those of you listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, and or Spotify will already know what the end result is for this game. Mm-hmm. Cordova um, just got subbed in, by the way. But, uh, yeah, he did. Um, you know, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup to see America play uh, against Necaxa on Saturday. You guys can follow that game with us throughout the entirety of the match against uh, Necaxa on Twitter at Resaca America US and over on Instagram at Resaca America underscore US. We'll, have you keep, we'll keep you guys up to date with all things that happen down in Aguascalientes and uh, hopefully we can be uh, cheering on a three-point weekend for America and uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But we will be back next week to talk all things Las Aguilas in America. We did not give the ladies a shout-out that they deserve because they did get themselves a pretty decent result against Pumas, a draw. Not necessarily the best, but it is a step in the right direction. Um, and they have a big, big game coming up against Santos Laguna, a game in which we will have some content for you guys as well. So make sure you guys keep an eye out for that. But we have much more news coming up to you guys next week in regards to all things Las Aguas de America, both men and ladies. So uh, make sure you guys do stay in, do stay tuned in for all of that. And uh, should be an interesting one. Christian, anything else you want to say before we uh, end this show? Yeah, just uh, thank you to everyone for coming out and uh, excusing us for our one-week hiatus. You know, it's uh, it's very, you know, good to see that everyone still, you know, supports us and supports us week in and week out. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys for coming out. Definitely, definitely. And uh, I don't know about you, man, but I feel recharged and ready to go. Yeah, man, let's do this, man. The international break is over. I made it come back. Let's do this, man. Let's do this. Let's get it. All righty, then. You guys know where to find us at Resaca America US, at Resaca America underscore US for Twitter. We'll see you guys, I mean, for Instagram. We'll see you guys very soon next week and on Saturday against Nekaxa. And uh, as always, until next time, take care. And uh, oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Arriba,